Hey, if you want to go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word, let's link up in the book of Ephesians tonight. The series is Hidden Algorithms, and we're going to be putting in our second installment together, and I want to get right into the text up front tonight, so I'm going to get a head start. In case you hadn't gotten there just yet, it's fine. I promise the text will still be there whenever you do catch up, but Ephesians 5, starting in verse 8, God's Word says this. As soon as I get there, I'm in Galatians, figure it out. Holy cow. Ephesians 5, verse 8 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. It's no secret that TikTok has taken the social media world by storm. I won't even bother asking how many of you in here have the app or have danced on the app or whatever it is that you do with the app because I would dare say the vast majority, if not everybody in this room, is participating. It's now the fastest growing, most chosen and preferred platform community that you can access. And if you're familiar with the app, then you know about the For You page. You've heard of this? Y'all familiar with the For You page? The For You page, I'm going to shorten it tonight and use the acronym most of the time. So the FYP, hashtag FYP. <laughs> Old people trying to keep up with social media. I know, I'm not relevant, but it's fine. I'm going to try to be, so don't make fun of me because it'll hurt my feelings. You're going to make fun of me, I promise. Okay. The FYP, the For You page, is TikTok's main tool for user interaction and engagement. Other media versions have their idea of it could be labeled as a search page or an explore page. And this page, by the algorithm, of course, gets populated with content that it bases off of your interactions. So this page is personalized just for you. People who study the world of social media tell us that there are no two FYPs the same. So all of them are completely different and completely unique and completely personalized to each and every user, which is astonishing when you consider that that number has climbed over one billion here recently. So one billion unique for you pages in existence for the people who access that app. It's pretty astonishing when you think about it. And the main factors that influence what shows up on your FYP are your actions within the app. So your comments, your likes, your shares, the app tracks those things and will populate your page based off of your actions within the app. It also takes into consideration video information. So the videos that you are watching, it takes into consideration the sound clips that are being used, the hashtags that accompany that video, the captions that people put with them. It recognizes all those things and populates your page based off the type of videos that you are watching. The scary thing is, is that it also taps in and takes into account your own personal device and account settings. So this app has the ability to determine the bio information that you have put within your phone concerning yourself. So it looks at the country that you are from, it takes into consideration the language in which your phone is set up, and the algorithm configures itself based off of where you are located, the language that you speak, the ethnicity that you are, the gender that you put, all this information that it can gather from your device that uses to populate your page. 
So the app takes all those things into consideration, and essentially when you log on to your FYP, that is the app saying, this page, we made this just for you. So it's assessing you to then appeal to you on the premise that no one knows you better than you. TikTok has a scary, accurate algorithm. But there's one mistake in that. There is someone who knows you better than you. And he's the one who created you. He knows your name. He knows your thoughts. He knows what makes you laugh. He knows what makes you cry. He knows your eyes are green because he made them that color. He knows your hair is brown because he made it that color. He knows your personality quirks because they are a part of his craftsmanship. So what other people look at in your personality and think is weird or strange, God calls unique and personally made. Why? Because he knows you better than anybody knows you because you are the work of his hands. You are his craftsmanship. But you know, on top of all that, it may not be quite as encouraging. He knows your sin. He knows the dark corners of your heart and your life that you keep hidden in places that nobody else has access to and as far as you're concerned, never will be able to see, but he sees. He knows it's there. But you know the good news in that is he did something to take care of that. He decided that he would send his son, Jesus, to walk this earth just as me and you and so many others in history past have, to live a perfect sinless life, to die a voluntary and substitutionary death upon a cross, to shed his blood as a perfect sacrificial lamb, so that if we would come to him and confess that we are indeed broken sinners, who have fractured the relationship with God in our rebellion and in our pushing away from him, desiring to be God ourselves, if we will come to him and confess of all those things, recognizing our need to be restored and recognizing also we are unable to do that for ourselves and confess his son as our Lord, that he will wash away all of our sins through the righteous blood of his son and we will be credited no longer with our sinful deeds and past, but with the righteousness of his son forever assured of eternal life in him and a dwelling place along his side in eternal heavens. Pretty good trade-off. Wouldn't you agree? And so once you enter into that new life in Christ, everything begins to change. God gives you, and here's my title for tonight, God gives you a for new you page. See, the devil, like we talked about last week, you may have an algorithm that works against you, but God has one that works for you. And he has this page set up just for you. It's, it's God's personalized recommendations for your life. And it shows you his desires. It shows you his purposes. It shows you his calling. It shows you his desired way of living for your life. God says, scroll through this to get a look at the new you. So let me show you some what I hope you'll find to be really amazing stuff 
that our God does for us when we enter into relationship with him. I want to show you how this page got set up and what it gets populated with. So with any FYP or search page or explore page, you can pull down on it, and when you release it, what then happens? The page gets refreshed. So if you get tired of looking at the same old stuff and you decide you want a whole new set of results, you can pull down on the home page of that, let go, that little thing spins at the top, whoosh, you got a whole entire new page of results to shift through. In the same sense of pulling down to refresh, God within the context of your life, within the context of my life, pulled out and renewed. So when we gave our lives to Jesus, we are pulled out of an old life and renewed into a better one. So God says, here's the deal. If you don't like that life you've got, if you're sick and tired of your sin, if you realize that you're a broken, messed up individual, which the Bible tells us every single one of us are, so you don't have to look at yourself in that regard and think that I'm something that everybody else isn't. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And God says, if you get tired of that, you get tired of doing things your way, you get tired of the empty lies and the promises, the no longer being satisfied or fulfilled by the things of this world, I've got something for you. You can pull down on your life and let go, and I will renew it and give you a whole new page of results that is unlike anything you have ever seen or experienced before. Just give it a shot. And so God in his grace pulls us out of that old life and renews us into a new one when we surrender our lives to Jesus, one that produces a whole new page of different results. So Paul lists all these different types of sins. If you go back and look in, in Ephesians chapter 5, in, in verse 3, he says this, sexual immorality, impurity, covetousness, these must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. There'll be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking. All this is out of place. Instead, let there be thanksgiving. And previously before that, so he mentions this sexual immorality, this impurity, this covetousness, this crude language and joking. Previously in the chapter before that, in chapter 4, he mentions another list of sin, and he adds in that anger and bitterness, wrath, slander, malice, all of these things. He says that at one time, apart from Christ, these were indeed the things that you were and that were a part of your life. But as someone who is now found in Christ, these things are no longer you anymore. So that means don't mess with them. Listen, for those of you that have been set apart, live set apart. Stop going back to the worthless garbage of this world that Christ has pulled you out of. Stop having in your holiness that has been given to you by Christ Stop having anything to do with what is unholy, with what is unrighteous. We're, we're way too comfortable with hanging out around sin, way too comfortable with letting it enter into our lives. As a child of God, that shouldn't be the case. Sinful things should bother us. Even being within the presence of sinful things should bother us. God in his word tells us, don't even have anything to do that has an appearance of darkness. Stay away from it. I redeemed you from that. Don't go back to it. So Paul lists all these different things. He says, at one time you were indeed these things, but you're no longer in them anymore. And I want you to see the gravity of something else that he states in verse 8. So go back and look in the text. Chapter 5, verse 8. Look at, look at the weight of this. I want to try and do the best I can. God help me to communicate this the way that you showed it to me this week. In verse 8, he says, for at one time you were darkness. At one time you were 
darkness. Now, let me hopefully help you see it the way it needs to be seen. It's not that before Jesus, you were just merely in the darkness. You were the darkness. Paul says it's not that you were in darkness before Christ, wandering around with no aim, with no idea of where you were going or what you were doing. He says it's much worse than you even realize. You were yourself the darkness. What a revelation of the depths of our depravity. But look at what he goes on to say. So you go back into the text in verse 8. He says, but now you are light in the Lord. So once again, it's not just that you are in the light. It's that now in Christ, you are light. So you were darkness. But when you come to Christ, you become light. So watch, 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 watch. We, we got to run through a few things. These are what I call the and you's. Colossians 1.21 says this, And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds. Then Colossians 2.13 says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. Then Ephesians 2.1-3 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But the story doesn't end right there. The text doesn't end right there. We've got to go back. See, all of your and you's are met with a but God. So in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, but God. I'm so thankful that my and you was met with a but God. In Ephesians chapter 2, he says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, he says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins Colossians 122 he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him Colossians 2 verse 13 God made us alive together with him having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of death that stood against us with his legal demands this he set aside nailing it to the cross he disarmed the rulers and authorities put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, and now you're God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so they may speak even if they may speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation. Paul says, look at the depravity. Look at the depths of our depravity. But then he goes on to reveal the depths of God's grace. What a revelation of God's deep 
powerful, working grace in our life that we have been pulled out of darkness and placed into his marvelous light, made new and brought near by the blood of Jesus. The devil had an algorithm in the garden, but God had an algorithm before eternity passed. Who knew that was going to take place? And he says, when it does, when they fall, when they fail, when they sin, I'm going to put my algorithm into action. My son's already going to be on his way, and I will forever redeem them and pull them out of the darkness that the devil wanted to place them in. Aren't you thankful that God had a plan in place and that we can be pulled out of darkness and placed into his marvelous light. And now the things that the world and the devil used to populate your for you, your for you page with, the immorality, the party and the greed, the envy, selfish desires and the motivations, that now has the potential to go away. Because when we get renewed, that page gets refreshed. And God begins to show you his recommendations for the new you. And it's pretty cool what he lines up. So the first thing I want to show you is a new you identity. In verse 3, Paul uses a word to denote who these people are in Christ and by extension who we are. He says to put all these things away, sexual immorality, purity, covenants, Covetousness, these must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. So Paul calls these believers saints. A saint is someone who has been made holy, who has been consecrated or has been set apart. And the things Paul just listed before that are descriptive of sinners. But when Jesus becomes your Lord, you're no longer called a sinner, you're called a saint. And that can be life-changing and revelatory for many of you here tonight if you will stop identifying yourself as something that Jesus did not define you as. Do we have sin in our life? Absolutely. But as a child of God, you are no longer identified by that sin. You are identified by a holy and righteous Savior. So God doesn't call you sinner. He calls you saint. Your identity, your status changes. He makes you holy as he is holy and sets you apart from all those former things that used to exist in your life. Formerly, the algorithm of your life only wanted to show you who you wanted to be or who you should be. But when God's algorithm takes over, he shows you who you are in him. And it's pretty cool because if you'll ever take the time to look at it, he will show you that you are his masterpiece. And here's the trap of the For You page is that you get stuck doing this motion a lot. If you'll get on God's For New You page and do some scrolling, you'll find out you're a masterpiece. And then you'll scroll up and you'll find out you're a son. And then you'll swipe up and you'll find that you're a daughter. And then you'll swipe again, you'll find that you're loved, that you're forgiven, that you're chosen, that you're purposed, that I'm more than a conqueror. He calls me his friend. I'm free. I'm cleansed. And it just gets better and better and better. And you get lost in the swipe all of a sudden, just like you do on any other normal day, except you're in God's word and you're finding out all these amazing, magical things that he's identifying at. It's the most amazing thing ever. Most of us are used to having like two hours go by all of a sudden. We didn't even realize because we've been doing this for so long. Hey, I promise if you'll get in God's word and you'll do some of that, two hours will go by and you don't even realize what's happened. You're like, wow, this is awesome. This is way better than the stuff that I was doing for myself. See, the more that you interact with him, the more he will reveal to you. 
and the more you'll begin to see about who he truly created you to be. Our world right now is in a major identity crisis. There are people out there identifying as all kinds of stuff. And I ain't even trying to get into that tonight. But one of the main reasons why we have such a confusion of identity is because the devil doesn't want people to know who they truly can and were created to be. And the more false identities that he can put in the world, the further he can keep people entrenched in the darkness. As a child of God, you're no longer a product of your past. You know what the devil is? He's a name caller. He's a name caller. I had a, I never actually got into a real fight, like an actual fist fight. I was too shy for that kind of stuff. Like I just, I wasn't a very aggressive kid. But I remember when I was in first grade, this guy by the name of Jonathan, can't remember his last name, but Jonathan, if you ever come across this message, I remember. People don't forget. Jonathan was a name caller. And that joker would call me names from the moment I got to school to the moment I left. After so many weeks, I finally had enough. And I let him know that. And he decided that the best way for us to settle that is just meet at the flagpole after school. I was like, sounds like a good time to me. I can't wait. You're going to stop calling me all these names. This is first grade. You know, we were real serious about it. So we get done with class. I'm at the flagpole. Where's Jonathan at? Jonathan never showed up. He never came through on his promise. The name calling stopped after that. Why? Because I caught him on his bluff. He decided when push came to shove, he didn't want that smoke that day in first grade at the flagpole at Underwood Elementary School down here. Listen to me. The devil is a name caller. And some of you need to stop tolerating him calling you by something that you no longer are. It's time to grab your big brother Jesus and go to the fight and say, devil, that's not who I am anymore. You're not going to call me a failure. You're not going to call me immoral. You're not going to call me broken. You're not going to call me stained. I'm no longer those things anymore. My Jesus has given me a new name. So I'm sick and tired of listening to that crap. Stop tolerating what the devil is calling you when you're not that anymore. You're holy. If you're in Christ, you're set apart. You're consecrated. You're an instrument of righteousness and a vessel for good. Start living as such. You got a new you identity. But you got a new you inheritance as well. As Paul goes on, we get tuned into the truth that we have an inheritance given to us through Christ. So in Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 11, he talks about how we have been given an inheritance in Christ. In verse 13 and 14, he talks about how we wait to obtain that inheritance from him one day. So God says, check this out. Let me, let me recommend you take a look at what's yours now. So he begins to populate this page with his recommendations of what you now have in Christ. So he says, here's your inheritance. And our inheritance in one word is the kingdom of heaven. But it's also all that we gain in Christ. It's abundant life. It's joy unspeakable. It's peace unexplainable. It's hope without fail. It's the promise of his presence. It's comfort in our affliction. It's strength in our suffering. It's the fact that we are partakers of his glory and recipients of his righteousness. It's the fact that we have a treasure now that won't tarnish and rewards that won't work. Rust, No more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain because that day is coming when he will make all things new and that will all fade away. You get to partake in that. Jesus says that's all yours. And though we only experience some of this in part currently, we will one day experience it in full. 
And God says, all of this is for the new you. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. We don't think enough about all that we've been given in Christ. Recent studies have shown that people who spend an extended time on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, they have anywhere from a 13 to 66% higher rate of depression than people who have limited to no interaction with the media. Why is that? I don't have a TikTok, but I get sent some from people from time to time. I do have an Instagram. I know reels are very similar. I don't see a whole lot of sadness on there. Do y'all? There's people dancing around, living their best life, having the best time, going to all these exotic destinations. Looks like the time of everybody's life. So why in the world do people who interact with this have a 13 to 66% higher increase in their depression rate? Well, because even though our scrolling doesn't show sadness, I think it produces sadness. Why? Because for most of us, as we sit there and we go through countless, countless pages of accounts of people that we've never known or met or spoken to, we begin to think, why can't I have that body? Why can't I have that wardrobe? How come they get to have that relationship? Why can't I have that car? Why can't I have that money? Why can't I have that fame? Why can't I have that lifestyle? Now the focus becomes, look at all that I don't have, when instead God is trying to say, look at all that you've been given. Ephesians 1, 3, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Paul said, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Psalm 34, 10 says, But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. When was the last time you sat down and scrolled through your inheritance? Feeling depressed? Feeling beat down? Feeling wearied by the things of this world? When was the last time you sat down and scrolled through the inheritance that you have been given in Christ? When was the last time you got in his word and let him reveal to you all the things that you not only get to enjoy in this present life, but the weight of a future glory that is coming one day that Paul says can't even be quantified how amazing that's going to be for us as we pass from this life to the next? When was the last time you sat down and scrolled through all the things that Christ has brought into your life? Because I promise you, when you do that, you will be just like the psalmist. You will look around and you say, as I pursue God, I have begun to realize that I lack no good thing. I got a couple of buddies. We send each other reels all the time. Y'all do the same. Send each other TikToks, Snapchats. Why do we do that? Why? Because we came across something that we thought was funny, that we thought was quick-witted, that we thought was ingenious or cool or whatever. And when we saw that, our thought became, that's worth sharing. Somebody else needs to share in my joy. Somebody else needs to share in my laughter. Somebody else needs to look at this and think that it's just as cool 
as I think it looks right now. We share them because we like them and we want others to see. Man, what if we as believers in Christ started sharing with each other, look what I found in my inheritance today. Look what I figured out Christ has given me today. Look at what I found in his word today. Let me send you what I discovered. Let me show you what he uncovered to me today. I think there'd be a lot less depression inside the house of God if just brothers and sisters in Christ would start sharing with one another the inheritance that they have in Christ. And how good it is. How awesome we really do have it. When you come to Christ, he begins to populate your page with all of your inheritance. Then he shows you one more thing. One more thing I think he populates it with. He gives you a new you intentionality. Surrendering our lives to Jesus fills them with eternal purpose. So if you look in verse 15 of chapter 5 in Ephesians, Paul says this as he finishes up this discourse. says, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Surrendering our lives to Jesus fills them with eternal purpose. That's why Paul says, pay attention to how you walk, making the best use of your time and understanding what the will of the Lord is. You want to know what the will of God is? Quite simply this, that his glory be portrayed through us and his gospel be proclaimed by us. As his follower, God will begin to populate your page with purpose. And everyone's looks a little different because his callings upon each and every one of us are unique in fulfilling that purpose. So some of you may end up being teachers. Some of you may end up being coaches. Some of you may end up being counselors, nurses, doctors, lawyers, engineers, electricians, plumbers, ditch diggers, whatever. God has unique and special callings for each and every one of us. But in that, we begin to see that no matter where we are or what we're doing in that place, we ought to have an intentionality in being there to proclaim Jesus to the people around us. When you give your life to Christ, your life then gets flooded with eternal purpose. There is an intentionality in the way in which we live our lives. See, one of the worst things about living life apart from Christ is that you just drift along. You live your life from beginning to end. It just kind of is what it is. And then when it's over, it's just over. But with Christ, everything now has a new intentionality. Everything now has a built-in purpose. And it is for me to portray his glory and to proclaim his gospel. So if he calls me to go to a classroom and do that, I do that there. If he calls me to go work in the field, I go and do that in the field. If he surrounds me with family members that need Jesus, I do that amongst them. If he places me in a dorm where I'm the only speck of light in that place, then I find a way to make the light grow. There's intentionality behind every single day that he gives us here on this earth. Your life is populated with all kinds of purpose. That's why Paul says, make the best use of time. Tick tock. Is that the best use of your time? Make the best use of your time because it's limited. The stark reality is, for any single one of us, this could be your last time to sit in that chair. 
Are you living with that kind of intentionality? The new you page. God says, this identity, this is for you. This inheritance, this is for you. This intentionality, this purpose, this calling, this plan, this is for you. Don't let anybody else have that. Don't let anybody else take that. Don't let anybody rob that. Don't let anybody else steal that. This is for you. So here's my challenge. Here's my encouragement over the course of this next week. Hop on your new you page. Begin to take in all the things that God has populated that with so that you can fully understand how to walk, not as unwise, but as wise and making the best use of your time because the days are evil and understanding what God's will is for your life. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for his glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through His Word here at Life.